You, my friend, are listening to the Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Majadeth, Bodicus, Wicked Good, Mr. Jones, Colby Bear, Ignatius, and Avantes for being a part of the family that makes this show possible. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And be sure to join our Discord. We're having great conversations over there, sharing deck lists and encouraging one another. Go check it out, thehappyhearthstone.com slash discord, and the link on there will get you in today. Hello and welcome to episode 198 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week is going to be a super special, fun episode. My goodness, we've got a fun conversation to have. We've got uh, quite a bit of news, both in the Happy Hearthstone realm and in the Hearthstone realm, we got a lot of things to be happy about, and so I just want to have the happiest time with my good friend, Ridiculous Hat, and I know you do too. So Hat, thanks so much for joining me for this week. Hey, thanks for having me on, Andrew. We uh, we looked up before the show. Uh, I was last on the show 104 episodes ago in June of 2017, <laughs> so it's been a minute. You know, I, I, I know that you're always open to it. And from now on, I think I'm going to let that be a personal ticker. Like if we're creeping into triple digits, that's probably been too long since you've been on the show. So I'll I'll keep that in check for next time. So in terms of measuring of uh, Happy Hearthstone card reviews, I'm trying to think about how many of those it's been. How many hours of priest <laughs> cards have you talked about since I was last on the show? It's probably best not to think about it. Yeah, well, we do one full episode for Priest, and then we do the other two for everything else, so, um, yeah, or at least we would have. Anyway, well, yeah, and it was funny, when we were talking about having you on again, we realized last time you were on, it was with our good friend Wicked Good, and it was the, uh, I think it was the only, was it the only trio podcast I've done on this show? On this show, I yes, think it might be. and then you went over and I went over to Offcur for episode fifty-two, which was the anniversary of the first mm-hmm. one for uh, That's right. for drowning our sorrows in Murlocs, which was which was the <laughs> the follow up <laughs> to the right. ultimate lo- guide to get legend. Yes, uh, things that we had learned and things that had changed because ladder has changed quite a bit over the years, and I'm sure it's set to change even more sometime in the future. Um, but I'm I'm really thankful that you're here on the show, man. Uh, like we have in the past. We're going to be talking a lot about mindset and about decisions and stuff. Uh, we were kind of talking going into this about how much we've been playing a lot of Hearthstone and we've been really doing a lot of different things within Hearthstone as far as ladder, battlegrounds, uh, playing every deck possible, really learning things intentionally. And so we thought we'd, ta- we'd take some time today to talk about competing interests and how to how to parcel out what you want to do, essentially, and how to be intentional with your time, regardless of whether you're trying to do something like rank up or do something like have fun. Usually we're trying to meld the two, but uh, yeah, it should be a really fun time. It's going to be fun regardless whenever a friend's on the show. So um, appreciate you being here, man. Before we get too far in, I want to ask you why the hat is happy today. Well, the weekend, it used to be a time I've, I've worked for a major uh, movie theater chain for almost 13 years now it's been a while and the weekends weren't Mm -hmm. always a happy time because i was working but now the the current position i hold with them the weekends are downtime so 
today I got to I got to do all the all the things on my list. I got to play some Hearthstone. Uh, I got to play okay. some other games, some Legends of Runeterra, if I'm being specific. Um, oh, nice. Okay. I got to edit the podcast, which is a thing that I'm known for doing. Uh, I got to mm-hmm. make a new spreadsheet, <laughs> which I love doing. I got to help out Mad at Arms over at Hero Power. We we made a new fancy version of their card rating spreadsheet. Uh, it's all the good things. Nice. And, uh, you know, I got to be in the show. It's It's been a good day, and uh, it's been a good week for Hearthstone for me. I play in THL uh, for... To satisfy the competitive side of my Urge to Play Hearthstone. Of course. And I had a uh-huh. couple, I had two back-to-back matches against a very good player yesterday. And I uh, was able to take them both down. So I felt really proud about that. Wow. Nice. But why are you happy? Were, were you playing, well, real quick, were you playing like super competitive decks? I, I know I've heard you on Coin Concede talk a lot about bringing uh, pretty off-meta decks into your uh, into your series matches and stuff like that. Okay, so that's, so there are two different series. The Coin Concede Listener Series. Mm-hmm. That is... We run that as a way for people to experience what we talk about on the show and open for anybody right. to sign up, solo play, uh, and I, I play Pure Paladin every week. So just to give an idea <laughs> as, to, as to the level of intensity I'm looking for, I'm looking to have a good time. No, I think Pure Paladin is actually mildly competitive. I don't think it's hey, a bad okay, deck. All right. But it's not, yeah. it's not tier one, shall we say. It's not tier mm-hmm. one. Um, but That's for sure. But in THL... That is a uh, a five person team that competes against another five person team where you're seated based on your approximate skill in Hearthstone and, and collection and all those factors, um, and it's mm-hmm. very competitive. So all meta decks and uh, and the standard lineup and band conversation and all that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I I just had to check. I I can't even remember what the last thing you were telling. I think you were playing against Posca and you were retelling and. A meme against meme story, essentially on the show. Yes, and I was, I was pretty much howling in my car listening to you guys. So. Yeah, the games were were um, ridiculous there, and I mean, Pasca's fun to play against. I I'm trying to remember what that was, but yeah, I'm bringing this week. I think oh. I have Pure Pal, and I think I have a Test Rogue that I'm bringing. Uh, it's definitely mm. definitely a little spicy, a little bit. That is very fun. And what makes well, you to, happy? to your namesake? You're doing it well. Thank you. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy for many different reasons. So um, I, it was unfortunate that uh, I wasn't able to come out with an episode this past week, and one of the big reasons was because this was a massive week uh, at work for me. So many people know I do digital marketing for a uh, book and curriculum publisher here in town, and one of the things that my my boss is like literally the best boss I've ever had, which is pretty. Um, you're just never guaranteed that, right? You never know what you're going to get in a boss. Um, and one of the things I so appreciate about him is he has worked extremely hard to try and figure out how my gifts can really um, correlate to the needs of the organization and specifically his team of the you know digital marketing team. So one of the things, because uh, I like to live in ideation and, and dreaming and coming up with ideas and stuff, so he really wanted me to go after new initiatives for us. And one of the big things that I, uh, I first came to him with is when he said that was, man, we've talked about doing a webinar. We need to do one. And he said, great, you do it. And so I said, okay. So I've literally been working on this webinar for us uh, since November. I think that's when I first presented it to him. And it was finally this week. And so between content creation for that, uh, market the marketing piece, and the technology piece with the IT group, uh, there, there were just a lot of moving pieces. And I was extremely thankful. Things went off 
pretty much without a hitch, especially from the user perspective. Uh, we had a ton of people show up. We had like a thousand register and 400 show up live. So that was great. Um, that's above average for sure. So, uh, so it was a very exhausting week getting ready for that and then executing it, but super thankful at the end of it. It was like, okay, this was my first big, you know, my baby essentially that I got to work on and it was by all means a success. So it feels good to be competent at your job. You know what I'm saying? And to feel valuable to your team. So both things, uh, both of those really had me feeling super happy about my work for sure this week. So That's some good stuff. And deal. weren't you coming off a week, uh, speaking of your baby, but a different baby, weren't you coming off a week where there was mm-hmm. a, a mild play going around your house? Yes. Uh, my son has been sick for three weeks now. And finally, he, he kicked it this week. Um, last week, we finally caved in. We had gone to the doctor at the beginning of it all. And he said, yeah, it's just it's just a cold. Uh, and he's probably at the front end of it, but you have to deal with it, essentially. Um, things didn't get better, so we brought him back, and they were like, oh, yeah, he's got an ear infection. Oh, cool. All right, let's start some antibiotics, and he's been great since then. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Thankfully, no one else got it, because typically with kids, uh, one person gets it, and then another, and then a parent, and then back and forth, but uh, we cut we cut it with him, so thankfully. Um yeah. So that was all that was all pretty crazy. Another reason I'm happy is actually as this episode's dropping, it's my birthday today. So that's exciting, right? Hey Andrew. Hey Hat. Happy birthday. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's always weird saying like uh, or self-proclaiming that, but it's like I don't know. This episode's dropping February twenty fifth. Either I'm saying it and it's weird or I'm not saying it and it's weird. So I'm gonna say it. And uh, thanks. Thankful to be alive for another year. It's really a gift. And so I'm hoping this is my best year yet. I'm also thankful you're alive. Big fan. Thanks, man. That means a lot. <laughs> and then in the Hearthstone realm, I uh, hit, a, hit a significant accomplishment for myself. I hit 6K on uh, Battlegrounds. So first time I've snuck up into a new thousand mark. I can't remember where you start. Does everyone start at 4K? Yeah, 4K. Right? So 6K is pretty okay. good, man. It's uh, it, like, what Thanks. are your stats? Do you have your stats handy for like first and top fours and whatever? I don't, but I could look them up. I think it's something like, um, I definitely have over a hundred top fours now. Wow. I've gotten more top fours than first. So yeah, it's it's been fun. And honestly, like it was ever since this latest patch that went through that we'll talk about in the news that I finally started feeling super competent in Battlegrounds. Honestly, like I felt like I like I understood it, but I just couldn't get the results. And since that went through, I, I don't know if it's just that I, I think a lot of space has been opened up for a lot of different kinds of strategies. Demons were getting a little too good. Um, and so it was kind of go demons or go home. And now uh, there's a lot of different strategies that can work. Probably mechs are still really good. Tyrion's really good. I had a no... Uh, no tribe Tyrion run today that I got second on. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm thankful for that. It was fun. And honestly, I feel like uh, it, it's been a breath of fresh air to have a non-restarting um, competitive system like that. I almost feel like my time is better invested in Battlegrounds than the latter. And it's kind of a weird feeling, but um, I don't know. Do you feel me in that at all? Or how do you how do you compare ranked ladder to your battleground number so uh, i'm i'm kind of at the point in my ladder career where what my rank is it doesn't matter to me quite as much because it it really is just a mm. reflection of the amount of of energy i'm putting towards whatever format it is but with battlegrounds mm-hmm. the the way i look at it it's 
it's the inverse of what you said, but still totally in the same wavelength. It's not that if I play Battlegrounds a lot, I feel like my time is better spent. It's that the more time I spend away from Battlegrounds, I come back and I'm like, what am I doing? How do you play this game? <laughs> and it requires a lot more investment of time to stay up on it because it's sure. it's so dynamic. Ladder has, mm-hmm. you know, you want to curve out generally and, and you want to the, – the decks have been the, – the class identities have been similar for years, and you have an idea as to what you're doing. Battlegrounds, you have to decide a new plan every single time you go in, and then also hope the cards go your way, and then make decisions on the fly. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to just wind up where you look down at your comp and you're saying, I don't know what I was trying to do this game at any point in it, and then just get smashed. <laughs> it's it's really hard to stay current on that unless you're constantly playing it, and, and I took a little bit of time mm-hmm. off of it when I was pushing more on ladder and playing other games mm-hmm. outside of Hearthstone, and... uh it's been it's been fun getting back into it and relearning it, but it is definitely a relearning curve. Yeah, and I, the fact that it's so it's so slippery, like there's there's very few things that it's like you just do this. Period. Right. Um, you you really have to navigate what you're given, um, what the dynamics are of your opponents, all that kind of stuff. So it's a it's almost something you can't prepare for, and yet you have to be continuously learning also, I guess. Yeah, well, it's it's like a limited format. It's like Arena or something similar where you have to understand mm-hmm. which concepts matter as opposed to which cards matter. Because you'll get some interaction, mm-hmm. you'll get some That's packages, yeah. but it's all about how do I how do I win at Battlegrounds by getting powerful on these turns it's you know which which pivot points in the game really matter it's much more abstract because concrete doesn't happen every time and if there ever mm-hmm. is one strategy that you can just force it and do the same thing every time then they nerf it because that strategy is too good so i'm glad they nerfed demons because the strategy for a while was just always pick all the demons you see no matter what happens mm-hmm. and it was probably good <laughs> enough for a top four it, it shouldn't be like that you should you should have some kind of decision making in the game I completely agree with you. Well, so there's a lot of happiness floating around today, and we'll just continue that happiness into our news section. It has been a couple weeks, and I tell you what, since we referenced it already, we're kind of already talking about it. It's a pretty brief conversation, but there was a Battlegrounds patch just a week or two ago. A floating Watcher has been moved to a Tier 4 minion. And the big reason behind that, uh, well, one of the big reasons was that Floating Watcher being a Tier 3 minion meant that AFK could get two of those. And I saw some games where AFK got two of them and was unstoppable, essentially, if they got like one or two more demons and the Wrath Reaver or something like that. Uh, But regardless, it just kind of slows down the strategy. It makes it so that um, all the uh, minions that are dealing damage to yourself, like Wrath Weaver and Vulgar Homunculus, uh, have to to, uh, snowball on their own, essentially, with Floating Watcher in that mix too early, it just became a nightmare to keep up with. So, um, yeah, I, li- I like how it feels now. It feels like people, I, demons are still a viable strategy, but it just doesn't feel too overwhelming, I guess. Yeah, like, Soul Juggler is still good. Uh, Boticus, who is who is my co-host over on CoinCity, who is really, really good at Battlegrounds, was uh, was mm-hmm. talking about a game where it's like, yeah, demons still seem fine. I just got two golden soul jugglers. Like, all right, if you get, if you get six soul jugglers, you're probably doing fine. <laughs> And you can <laughs> still true. you can still find powerful synergies with demons, and they were almost good enough in the very first release that we played at BlizzCon. Except there were a couple cards that were that were not quite right. In particular, Junkbot was way too good, and so people would force max mm, a lot, and there were too yeah. many divine shields, and divine shields were what beat demons. So at this point, 
demons are still pretty good. Murlocs are still a really great late game and fine early game. Mechs are still really good in the mid game. Beasts still have some kind of synergistic stuff. Tyrion is crazy. Tyrion's really, really crazy. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's still generally a pretty decent balance as to what you should take and what strategies work, and, and skill is still being rewarded. And uh, demons got got toned down but not turned off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing. I'm looking forward, especially just like a slight change like this. It really mirrors a lot of the kind of uh, the latter changes that they've made to cards also, which now that same team is doing both. Uh, so I, I like these nuanced changes that really end up making a pretty significant difference, but keep things still playable. Not, you know, Floating Watcher or six, well, like, it just can't be a tier six minion, but even a tier five would have been too much. So um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this change, and I'm sure there would be... Uh, well, I don't even know what, like, is anything overpowered right now in other than Tyrion? Tyrion probably needs to be, it's, needs to be addressed. Tyrion, I think uh, plus one, plus zero would be pretty fair, um, as opposed to plus yeah. one, plus one, the, the Light Fang nerf. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, not really. It's, there are good strategies, but there need to be good strategies. Cobalt Guardian, mm-hmm. I don't think is overpowered, but I think if you see one and you're, you don't have a direction, you can go that way and you can build a mech deck around it, and it's good, yeah. and you will probably win if you do that, but there needs to be a best card. You can't just make everything even, so I don't mind right. mechs in the mid-game if you get the right cards being being on the better side. There's still ways to beat it, and there's still ways to play with it that are interesting. Um, nothing really stands out to me as being really out of balance. Yeah, I mean, beasts are a little behind the curve, I guess, but the the very first game I think I played after this patch, I got first or second with beasts, so uh, you get a mama bear at tier five, and you're doing okay, I guess, if you if you have the right support for it. So. Well, and I wonder how much of our perception of beasts is because we played at BlizzCon when everyone else we were playing against didn't know how to play the game, and mama bear was a 5-5 five, yeah. five that gave plus 5 plus 5. Uh, it's, oh it was gosh. really, really <laughs> powerful against other people that were also leveling every single chance they got and weren't playing for board. Uh, and mm-hmm. now that people know how to play the game better, it's our evaluation was off because we didn't really understand what what concepts really won you games. And so I remember at BlizzCon, I was forcing beasts and I was winning most games. And then three days into the public release, like, oh, this doesn't work anymore. People are better than this. <laughs> yeah. Battlegrounds is fun. Go play it if you have yes. it. Unless you don't like it, then that's fine. But I really like it. So I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, Another big thing that just happened this past week, you may have seen on social media. I mean, if you follow any Hearthstone celebrities or anything like that, you saw that there was a uh, privately hosted Blizzard event for content creators called the Hearthstone Summit 2020, where the team behind Hearthstone gave some users a sneak peek at what's to come for Hearthstone this next year. And Basically, all of the tweets from people who actually went, because <laughs> there were some funny trolls, um, the people who actually went were like over the moon ecstatic about what they saw. And there's really nothing to say other than that about it. I wish that I saw what they saw. I guess I could say that. <laughs> but I'm sure that we're going to see those things soon. I mean, it's not like Blizzard to tell them things that are coming up for the next six months or something like that. They probably gave them a sneak peek of the next expansion or any big plans that they have for this next year of content. And it's exciting to see everyone uh, everyone so excited, but we want to get excited too. You know, you want to be excited, Hat? Are you excited? Of course I'm excited. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I'm excited that they're doing stuff with Hearthstone. And yes, I would love to know it all now, 
But also, mm-hmm. I, I just I know that they're going to do more stuff because if you want proof that they're changing how Hearthstone is going to work, look at the past four months. How yeah. how many metas yeah. have we had since Descent of Dragons came out? Six, it, I think six it's metas. Been absurd. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is still immediately after they introduced the hugely popular free to play brand new game mode in the client with an eight player functionality mm-hmm. that definitely did not exist before. Uh, I I think it is important to note that we already have the proof that they're working on stuff. I don't know if it'll all be hits. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the new things are all going to hits. We have no way of knowing. Um, I'd like to know what's going on, but we're not going to right now. I know Blister Guy said actually in his Discord they did show them a roadmap of the entire year, but oh, wow. I don't okay. know. Like they didn't see anything beyond the immediate next expansion as far as names of expansions or cards or whatever. Um, and apparently other new features are coming, but can't give dates or details or anything like that. I'm really curious yeah. about it and uh, and very excited to hear what comes out of it. It'll be fun. I'm hopeful that news is coming soon. Yeah, so. I think Frodan said um, very soon, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think someone alluded to the fact that the the first announcement is next week. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So I, we don't know because anyone that immediately breaks NDA is probably not someone to be super trusted, but uh, there should yeah. be there should be something that we hear about next week. It's probably the day this episode is releasing. So Maybe. If you're doing it for my birthday, Hearthstone, that's okay. All right? You, you're allowed yeah. to do that, essentially. Give me, give me stuff on And we birthday, also, so. we've already heard the rumor <laughs> that 16.4, which is the patch that has the next big Battlegrounds update, and the, uh, the mm-hmm. rumored, not rumored, uh, much-anticipated animation speed-up is supposed to be in 16.4. Mm. They said late February, yeah. and it's currently the 22nd. So there, there's only a week left. There, there are seven oh, more yeah, days of so February because it is 2020. So we have until mm-hmm. the 29th. Um, but that means, by definition, it's going to come out in the next seven days. Nice. Well, I'm excited to hear more. I'm sure we will, too. And I, I as I was uh, looking through news for this week, I saw Hearthstone Top Decks actually posted a preparatory um, uh, guess of what could be rotating uh, in the Hall of Fame this year. This is a tradition for a few years now, I think, as, since they introduced the Hall of Fame. Typically, when they start off a new year of rotation, there are some classic or basic cards that uh, get rotated in the Hall of Fame, which means that they're only playable in wild, uh, no longer playable in standard. And I think that there's uh, there was actually a lot of uh, speculation in this article, so I'll I'll run through some of these cards that they mentioned. Leroy Jenkins, Edwin Van Cleef, Mind Control Tech, Mountain Giant, Northshire Cleric, Divine Spirit, Stone Tusk Boar. And again, these are all just predictions. Um, but I, I, none of these basically come as a surprise to me from how conversations have gone in social media, in the Hearthstone communities and stuff like that. Are there any mentioned here or outside of this that you would really like to see rotated, uh, Hat? So... My, your friend and mine, Wicked Good, Steve Lubitz. Uh, oh boy, I know where this is going. <laughs> had it had an episode on his podcast, Off Curve, this week about the card Shadow Step, and he has not mm-hmm. been a fan of that card for a while, for a minute, shall yeah. we say? Yeah. Um. Now, last year, the card that I needed Hall of Fame, Divine Favor, got Hall of Fame. That means it's Steve's turn. That he gets his card this year. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. We, we made a deal with 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 Mister Harston. I like that. Deal. Um, yep. But so the mm-hmm. thing, the thing is about Edwin and Leroy. So how many games, Andrew, where your opponents had a Pharaoh Cat on board or something, or even just three men and they have the coin, and they start with coin Pharaoh Cat, and you say this is an Edwin turn. 
where they have three mana. They start off with zero mana spell, one mana minion, and then you see the shadow step, and you're like, I know Edwin's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think about that turn with just the one drop in Edwin, it's a 6-6. Six, 6-6 six. Six, six on turn four is mm-hmm. on turn three is good. It's very good. But you have mm-hmm. to work for it, and you don't just get more for free. You don't get to shadow step a lackey, and we're going to have lackeys for a while. Uh, and shadow step is so good on so many things, including Leroy Jenkins, which is eight mana deal twelve. Or if the Leroy costs mm-hmm. zero because you drew off Galakrond or High Spare and Togwaggle, it's three mana deal twelve, which is not enough mana. That's that's twelve damage should cost more than three. Which I know, <laughs> I, I, I know it's a bold stance. I know it's a bold stance. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but so sh- taking out shadow step. Tones down both without removing two legendaries that have been in the game for six years. Um, mm-hmm. And Blizzard, over the past couple of years, has been a big fan of hitting support cards. Hitting cards that are adjacent to the really good stuff. And then if there's a major card they need to change, they nerf it. They don't Hall of Fame it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'd expect Shadow Step to be actually pretty high in the list. Along with, uh, oh, what was this other card? Unleash the Hounds. Ah, yeah, that's an interesting one, too. So, you know why I think that Unleash the Hounds needs to go? Because it has the word... Because it's already been... Because it has the word charge on it, and charge is evil. And Uh, how how many games have you played where you're against a quest hunter, and you have nothing on board, and they go, Leroy Unleash Hero Power 16U, or 14U? Yeah, it's absurd. It's... Unleash is a little bit too much damage for a little bit not enough mana, and it goes all face if they want it to. And uh, and I I wouldn't mind a card of similar effect, but I don't think we need that exact card because charge is a little mm-hmm. outdated in that kind of quantity. Yeah. There's nothing else that can that can convert that kind of mana damage ratio. And unleash kill command hero power on eight mana if you have more than three minions is a is ten damage, and that's that's a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if they would even take the approach of just rotating all charge cards that are part of Classic or Basic into the Hall of Fame. So Stone Test War, Corcoran Elite. Leroy. Um, Leroy. Reckless uh, Rocketeer. Hounds. Ah, Reckless Rocketeer is something. Yeah, Stormwind's um, Knight. Yeah, I, I especially here. Well, and even that one's been a problem with Divine Spirit and Inner Fire. So, oh, and Divine Spirit needs um, to go. Divine Spirit's going. This, that card is gone. Yeah, no that, way that card stays around. <laughs> I would like to see that too. I I think it would be really interesting because the game has evolved a lot and there's plenty of proactivity in spells and weapons that can still get you to have the face, uh, you know, impact that you want in your aggressive decks without having to, you know, just throw Leroy Jenkins in every aggressive deck essentially. So um, I think that I think that that would be really interesting to see, and I don't know that they would want to change all of these cards. They just want to say, you know what, you want to be crazy with these, go ahead and go ahead and check out Wild. You can have some fun over there. Essentially, have you played Wild recently? By the way, I, it's been a second since I've been on Wild, honestly. So I took Cream Puffs Reno Quest Dragon Mage. I don't play a lot of Wild. I'm not a Wild Ooh, person. Okay, but I hit Legend and Standard, right. and I was a little bored, and I looked up this deck list. I want to point out. If you're free to play listener, I'm very sorry. This deck has 13 legendaries across eight expansions. Oh my goodness. It is goodness, incredibly okay. <laughs> expensive. It is basically a hall of fame of design mistakes that are legal in the mage class. And <laughs> I started playing it at rank 20 and I'm at the top of rank 5 right now and I haven't lost a game. 
Not a single oh game. Goodness. I think I'm 30 and 0. Yeah, that's intense. It's okay. it's so it's so gross. It's so so good because you get every Highlander card legal. You get Zephyrus. You can brand your Zephyrus. You get oh my gosh. You get Kazakus. You get both Renos. You get Dragon Queen Alexstrasza. Uh, it's it's really insane. And then also you get the Mage Quest, the the original Mage Quest, the Angora one, which gives you Time Warp along with Archmage Vargoth. Right. And so you just go Vargoth Time Warp and take two extra turns, and then you play multiple giants and Alexstrasza your opponent, and then you kill them from thirty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty crazy. So that format is is the power level is unchecked and it feels so good except for my opponents. <laughs> yeah, I've heard mage has been pretty much the issue since Snip Snap finally took a dive. But uh yeah, we'll see if any changes come from there. I I know Ixar did mention in a in a tweet that they're considering like rolling back any changes to cards that had been nerfed, so I think it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what happens from that, and you can check out my buddies over at Into the Wild if you uh, want to get more get more commentary on that. Truth is, you probably have listened to that already if you're if you're interested. <laughs> and then we had some uh, interesting news about the Masters tours, and though we don't normally hit the competitive side too hard, I've got one of the hosts from the uh, Hearthstone podcast that tries to make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you. So I thought it only made sense to talk about this. Hack, can you tell us what happened in Bali? So uh, Bali, Indonesia, is a uh, it's a major tourist def- destination for the Eastern Hemisphere of the world. Um, apparently, a lovely, beautiful place with uh, with you know it's a it's a tourist des- destination. If you're in the West, think of the Bahamas, but East, very similar and. Uh, Mm-hmm. Lots of tourism there, including from China. Uh, it is actually the the one of the most popular vacation destinations in China, and that means that there are fears of coronavirus right now. So Blizzard made the decision a month before the tournament to relocate the tournament to Los Angeles um, and provide partial compensation for players that had already booked travel. Um, and when I say partial, I mean two hundred and fifty U.S. dollars, which is a little light given that uh, it takes a lot more than that to get there from the western part of the world and the players that live near there yeah. are going to probably struggle a bit to get a visa in time and also come to the western part of the world for anywhere near 250 US dollars. Um but either way, I, we don't want to dive into it too deeply here because we just did a we released a 2-hour episode of Coin Concede uh, about 40 minutes ago about this very topic. So if you want to hear more about it, head on over to Coin Concede. Um but yeah. I will say I think in terms of the the uh, foundation of happiness that we have here, I am happy that Blizzard did not expose the players and their own staff to an international epidemic. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. we're not doctors. I don't know how this stuff works, but it seems smart <laughs> to avoid the risk and a lot of other mm-hmm. events in that part of the world are, uh, are being canceled yeah. right now too. Yeah, I agree. It's in the notes here. I just put that it's an unavoidable mess. Essentially, like I don't, I don't think they could have done something that was just perfectly tied up with a bow, you know. Um, and I think that it's right to err on the side of valuing the competitors and staff's lives, even though there haven't been too many like diagnosed cases right now. There is the threat of that, and I think it's better to have have this event in a place where uh, there's much less to none of a threat there, uh, even though it ends up being a real bummer for a lot of the people who were competing in this. So um, I've heard on both sides, you know, people 
wanted to go uh, or had, had booked their ticket and everything. And now because of the financial hit that they're going to take, they can't afford to go to LA and that sucks. Or other people who didn't intentionally qualify for Bali because they wouldn't have been able to afford it, but could afford for LA and are bummed because of that. So it's, uh, and then some people have said, just make it online. But the problem is that's, it's practically impossible to, to, uh, admin completely, uh, with not a question of any uh, integrity issues or anything like that. So it's, it's just a really tough situation. I think, I think they did the best they could essentially. And this probably isn't one to get, get too many bees in your bonnet about. And, um, I hope that there's resolution in the future. Um, and that this doesn't happen again. But uh, epidemics or worldwide epidemics aren't exactly something the Blizzard has control over currently. So we'll see. That's in the next patch. Yeah, that'll be good. And then we also had a note here. Ixar has been sharing some pretty cool meta stuff. Uh, Hat, you want to talk to us about the latest that he uh, that he shared with us? So let me pull this up here. So Ixar has been, well, first of all, Ixar got married yesterday, so congratulations to him. He did. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. To uh, to Molly O, who also works at Blizzard. So congratulations to them. Uh, they seem very happy Two and great people. really cool pictures yeah. coming out of that event. Uh, for those of you that have mm-hmm. been playing Hearthstone for a while, uh, there was a really awesome picture of Crip uh, sharing a drink with Savitz, which that's a name going back a ways. Uh, Savitz is, is <laughs> sure. back in the Hearthstone world with Battlegrounds, but seeing those two old school guys that uh, first started playing in 2013 get back together, it's that's something. Um, that's pretty fun. So Ixar has been posting these meta reports every so often about what's doing well uh, in terms of win rate and sometimes popularity. And he posted from February 8th to February 11th. He posted this after the uh, fourth wing of Galakrond's Awakening came out, so this is from right before that. Decks that are doing well, including, but not limited to, uh, Quest Hunter, Aggro Warrior, Galakron Warrior, Mech Paladin, uh, Combo Priest, Aggro Shaman. There, there are a lot of different decks that are doing well on a day-by-day basis. And mm-hmm. I think it's really great that he's sharing this internal information with us. He's not telling us what to play. But he's showing us that there's a variety of strategies that are doing well in standard at any given moment and that we may not be aware of all of them. And this mm-hmm. data is from the top 1% of players, which is rank 3 to legend. By the way, mm-hmm. this means that if you are rank 3 and you say, I'm not even good, I can't hit legend, you are, you are better than 99% of Hearthstone players. So please keep that in mind. Yeah. Stop that. Please keep that in Stop mind. That. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's there's also a post about the, how the meta is different for ranks 10 to 15, uh, about the wild cards, like you mentioned earlier. Really interesting stuff, and I'm very grateful that they're being more open and transparent on the Hearthstone team. It's been a breath of fresh air, this expansion. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems it, it seems like they're not stopping, because he made a tweet once about the five decks at the time, and now he goes and see, shows us the progression just amongst four different, four different days? Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool to just... To even see that amount of, oh, that worked the first time, so we're going to give them more. Um, great. Keep it coming. You know, we love, we love getting to see that. And, you know, I, you know, I, so far what we've had as far as massive amounts of data, the best place to go has always been HS replay. But HS replay's data is a drop in the bucket compared to the game developers themselves, essentially. So, Getting to even just see some static data like this is incredibly useful. 
And just exciting, honestly. I, I know for me, even seeing Agro Warrior on here was just like, whoa, I haven't even thought about Agro Warrior in months. So uh, maybe I need to take a look at that. And it, it's exciting to see that data can do that, essentially. I, I know that data can do that, but when it's from the top of them, uh, it even has more weight. And it's probably going to hit a lot of people who st- still don't even know it just replay exists or anything like that. So, um, so that's really exciting to see. Yeah, and it's a free way for XR to help make pushes to keep the meta varied. We don't need a lot of help this expansion because we've had, again, six metas in, in three and a half months. <laughs> right. um, yep. But what I really like about this is it's it's guiding players to not settle on a strategy. If you look at the rise mm-hmm. of Embiggen Druid in the first week of Galakron's Awakening, Winged Guardian is, is a very good card. Very, very good card. Yep. But no one's playing it in Quest Druid, which has nourishes and goes that late and really wants big sticky threats because Winged Guardian is a card that it, it needs to be recruited out or needs to be specifically embiggened and, and be part of a strategy. It's not inherently a crazy strategic card by itself. And if you take the mm-hmm. 28 cards that are good in Embiggen Druid and you replace Winged Guardian with Evasive Dragon, which is the 7-mana 7-7 seven 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 untargetable dragon with Taunt, it's probably about 95% as good. And all mm-hmm. the other cards were released in DoD. And the reason that we got that deck because people tried it because Galakron's Awakening came out. They thought, what I knew before isn't right. Let's try some new stuff. And Ixar is just prompting people to try new stuff, even when they think they know what's up, even without putting out new cards. And that's really, really great for keeping the game fresh without even adding new content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of, uh, it's unsustainable at some point to keep coming out with new content. And it's actually counterintuitive because then it leaves users' heads spinning. This does it for some users while... Uh, safeguarding people who might be outside of that too. So pretty neat. I'm excited to see if or how they expand this in the future. Uh, Maybe give us more access to data. That's a good thing. So cool. Well, yeah, uh, lots of news, even when there's not any mega announcement about a, you know, a huge patch or a new content or anything like that. But it's exciting to have that much to talk about. And we've actually got one more thing to talk about in lieu of a sponsor break today. Uh, before we hit our main topic, what I wanted to do is give you all an announcement, almost a state of the union for the upcoming month for happy Hearthstone content. So I wanted to do this. Uh, this will be especially for those of you who are our Patreon supporters, but really for anybody who's a fan of the show and enjoys looking forward to it. Uh, the month of March is going to look different for me. So we are approaching here on the show 200 episodes, which is super, super exciting. Um, and for the 200th episode, I have something in my back pocket. I have uh, what is now an idea and a concept uh, that I'm really, really thrilled about. And it's going to take a massive amount of work. It will not be a typical episode by any stretch of the imagination. So as I was really processing this, thinking through it, uh, thinking through my family dynamics and what it's going to take there as well, I really think that the best choice for now is that I'm going to take a weekly episode, take a break from weekly episodes during the month of March for the most part. Uh, I'll still come out with episode 199 next week, um, but then my plan is to take the rest of the month off in order to move my efforts into what is going to be a uh, a really special 200th episode. Uh, it's going to be, if every episode is a labor of love, this is going to be, uh, you know, the icing on top. It, it's truly going to be, it's a big undertaking. I probably shouldn't 
say too much, but um, really excited about it, and that's going to happen. So with that being said, I wanted to give you a heads up before March hits, because uh, for Patreon supporters, if that's a big part of supporting the show and stuff, I want you to have uh, you know full uh, full freedom, essentially, to know what's coming in that. So uh, if if that equates to something that makes sense for you to take a month off for finances and stuff, that's great. It's a, it's a good exit point as well. Uh, for those of you who want to continue supporting, I am still committed to coming with the content uh, for $5 patrons and above um, that uh, that's coming out weekly. So I'll keep coming out with uh, deck updates and strategy sessions and stuff like that for people who are at the $5 and above level. Um, but the weekly episodes for the public are going to um, just be put on pause for a brief time to allow me to do that. Um, I should also mention that another big part of it are the mysterious tweets that I've tweeted out. I have another really big thing going on for my family and myself that is uh, it, it, it is something I cannot talk about more than to say that it has been a lifelong dream of mine. And it's going to take a significant amount of time as well. So those two things together really had me saying, as much as I don't like to press pause or change commitments or anything like that, it'd be really foolish for me to just keep going headstrong and just say, I'll just do this. I'll just toughen up. I'll make it um, better to take a step back, I think, for a month and really be able to do the things that I have on my plate well. And then say that uh, all intents and purposes, I'll be back in April with episode 200, and then we'll be back at it with the Happy Hearthstone uh, after that. So uh, that's my that's my whole uh, announcement. Heads up for all of you. If you have any questions about that, feel free to email me, thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com, or you can uh, shoot me a tweet or a DM on Twitter at Andrew is Living. Um, like I said, I can't talk about the thing yet, although trust me, I will let you know as soon as I can. <laughs> and the 200th episode, I'm going to keep the concept uh, under wraps for now because I think it's really going to be a, a treat for everyone. If you enjoy this show, if you enjoy Hearthstone Podcasts at all, I think it's going to be a, a really special treat. So, um, But if you have any other questions, feel free to let me know. And that's that. But we still got an episode to finish up here, Hat. And we've got a big topic here talking about routines for Hearthstone. Wait a second. Uh, the truth is... Before that, yeah? can I get an invite to the Happy Hearthstone Please. Summit where you give us like the presentation about what's coming? <laughs> you know, Hat, um, you will have the very first invite, and I can promise you that. Actually, I, I probably should tell Steve first. Uh, it's only that's, fair. I'm fine but, with the second you know. invite. I'll sign your NDA. He's like... Okay. <laughs> You got it, man. I'd be happy to do that. Um, and yeah, like I said, I don't like not talking about things or making announcements about announcements. Um, so I, I'll be super eager to get as much of this to you as, as soon as possible. In fact, I'll probably give some previews to to patrons and um, fans of the show as best I can as well. So, so stay connected on Twitter and all of that. So yeah, let's talk about our routines, because the truth is, Hat, you and I enjoy this Hearthstone game. In fact, we can talk about this Hearthstone game quite a bit. Also true. And uh, we can talk about the mindset, and we have before. But something I I haven't gone too in-depth about is even thinking about um, what goes on when I sit down and play this game. Uh, the things that are intentional in my mind and the things that are unintentional. I heard someone say once that you uh, that everyone is growing 
And you can either choose to grow intentionally or you can grow unintentionally, um, but it, it's your choice. You might, if you're growing unintentionally, you might be growing unhealthy habits. You might be growing um, destructive habits, um, thought patterns, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I would say that when it, when it comes to Hearthstone and the way we play this game, a lot of people are unfortunately on autopilot and not really considering when they sit down what they're trying to do, how they're going to do it best, and what kind of results uh, they're really looking for. So those are some of the things that we're going to talk about as we as we go through this. Um, but it, it was funny as we were kind of getting ready to hit record. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I told you I feel like you and I can sit down and talk about this for a while. And I, I think you said something like, "Yeah, this outline will get us going essentially." And uh, I don't know where we'll go, but it'll be good. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, like this outline, this is a subject near and dear to our hearts. Of this is this is secretly the topic of of time and intentionality when it comes to the video mm-hmm. game, as well as all the things around the video game. Because it's also right. – it's very easy to play the world around Hearthstone. Like today, mm-hmm. I spent probably about four or five hours editing audio of a Hearthstone podcast and building a Hearthstone card rating spreadsheet. And that's mm-hmm. playing Hearthstone without playing the game. And it would be very easy, <laughs> like say, for example, if I was tilted because I had just had a, had a rough latter day the day before where I wanted to be involved with Hearthstone but I didn't feel like playing because of whatever reason. Uh, that is Hearthstone-adjacent stuff. And we, we fill our time mm-hmm. with a lot of Hearthstone Jason stuff, and you can listen to podcasts and watch streams and whatever. And you can play as well, sometimes while you're doing that, which I don't recommend, sometimes in, in, you know, <laughs> instead of other stuff. It's time and time and intentionality are really, really important topics. And what you said about what you're practicing, whether, whether you're growing, whether you want to or not. Um, when Jared Tendler, mm-hmm. he's the author of The Mental Game of Poker, and he came on our show, and, and the piece of advice he gave yeah, yeah. that was the most relevant to me is, no matter what you're doing, you're practicing. You have your A game, your B game, and your C game, right? A game's your best, C game's mm-hmm. your worst. And if you're not if you're not practicing your A game, you're probably practicing your C game. And you're just building yeah. those habits yeah. because it, you're you're locking in your your errors, your inefficiencies as something that you should always do because it's what you did last time. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's really hard to break those things. I mean, any kind of bad habits that we have, if we if we don't keep them in check and then we're like, how, how did this even happen? It takes even more effort to work backwards and try to get back to a healthy place. And I, I, I truly believe no one's ever too far gone. Uh, some, some habits are more destructive than others, obviously. Um, but stuff like your mindset that can be really sneaky. And uh, even on social media, we saw this week uh, some pretty significant gaming celebrities like giving uh giving attention and grandeur to people who are upset at games and sort of glorifying that which was really bizarre to me honestly um yeah I, I, I think that it, it goes without saying that a lot of people can struggle with tilt can struggle with um, can struggle with negative thought patterns when you're playing a game that really tests your skill where there are things that are uncontrollable that can still dictate uh, if you win or if you lose and uh, that it's all the more important when you're playing a game like this to to really keep those things in check and just have a good self-assessment. So we didn't we didn't write this in the show notes. Andrew, what's the habit? What's your worst habit? Oh boy, my worst habit right when it comes to Hearthstone? Yes, your worst habit. Put it out there. Yeah. I, I I think honestly the worst habit is um is letting whatever or verbalizing whatever I'm feeling in the moment. 
I, I, I keep things really positive and happy on this show, but I would be a ruse if I didn't admit to the fact that uh, when I've lost to my fifth rogue of the day because of lackeys and random dragons, I am, I'm inwardly losing my mind, essentially. And, um, and in the moment, I can verbalize those things because it feels good to get it off my chest, essentially. And um, I'm not saying anything hateful about my opponent, but I am, uh, I am making room for things that are untrue, like, oh, well, of course they get that off the top deck, or... Um, or of course they got this off their lackey or, yep, that's exactly what they need. You know, those kinds of things that help me, help me feel justified in the moment, but don't actually produce, uh, anything good, essentially. Uh, if anything to me, it magnifies that something's off inwardly. And I've been getting better lately at being able to check myself and make a decision based off of that. But I, I would say that I'm still a ways from being able to take what's happening in the game, especially if it's something uncontrollable from me, and being able to um, to quickly process it into, you know, this is a part of this game that I love. And when those things happen for me, I'm really excited and I think it's fun and, and all of that. So if that element weren't there, I wouldn't enjoy this game as much, essentially. We can call that um, metabolizing randomness. How about that? It's not just like... I like it's, that. It's yeah. when it happens, how do you process it? And I can, I can already mm-hmm. reflect a little bit, and I'm glad that you're doing the self-reflection too. You said, when I lose to a randomly generated thing. No, no, no. You lost when they played it, but that's not why you lost. It, it might mm. be, but it might not be. Maybe you lost because you mm-hmm. mulliganed incorrectly, and then you gave sure, them the chance right, to right. go the extra turn, and then they played the Draconic mm-hmm. Lackey and played a Dragon Queen Alexstrasza, and you lost. I don't know. Um, it's, yeah. I was doing a coaching yeah. session earlier today, and we were playing Dragon Hunter, and uh, and we had a really, really great draw the first game. And the, the student says, well, now, of course, that you're here, we're having a wonderful draw. And I said, but wait a second, because I skipped the first part of the story. The first part of the story is right. I had a tab open at hsreplay.net, which is a wonderful mm-hmm. website. And uh, I had right. uh, Dragon Hunter list we were playing, filtered to Legend through 5 on the Mulligan Guide. And I sorted by Mulligan win rate. And we were looking for Frenzied Fellwing, Stormhammer, uh, Dwarven Sharpshooter, or Toxic Reinforcements. And in our opening hand, going first... We had a fairy dragon, along with two other cards, but for sure we're going to mulligan. And I said, Mm -hmm. you know what? Let's throw back the fairy dragon, because we think it's good. It's a two-drop. It's a dragon going first, and it's untargetable. They can't kill it. But it's not actually a card that helps you win more if you look at the stats. So we Mm. mulliganed it, and then we had an amazing draw. And if we hadn't mulliganed, we wouldn't have had the card we played on turn one, the Toxic Reinforcements. And then we won. Right, right. So... Mm -hmm. It was very easy to tune into how good our draw was and very easy to ignore the small decisions we made that got us there. Very, very easy. Yeah. I, th- I think that's easy for everyone. Had, oh, yes. What's one of your bad habits that you're working through right I now? Got two, I got two bad habits. I got two really bad habits. Okay. The first one is obvious. It's playing too fast. And the problem is <laughs> I don't get punished for it enough. Sometimes I do. Right. But... I generally play pretty fast. I always have. And and in coaching, I will tell people to go slower. And when I have a tough turn, I will slow down. But I play fast and I still win a bunch. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of hard for that behavior to be to be slowed down. But what, sure. what everyone should do is when you have an option for what you're going to do on your turn, think of a second option and then convince yourself why the first option was better because then you'll verbalize in your head 
what you were thinking and you'll actually figure out the concept you're trying to hit to hit and it's important to have that conversation internally but also because you can spend the time in your turn to think about what your opponent's going to do next turn and very important to think about what are they going to do next turn before you play your cards because all of us have had the, had the situation where you play a card and you and you attack and you pass and you say oh if they have swipe all my stuff dies and then they swipe you and it, it's you can avoid that if you just take a little bit Sit in your hands for 10 seconds, think about what they're going to do, and then play your turn. That's the first bad habit. It's one. Go ahead. It's one of the biggest upsides to doing coaching, because I, I was just doing coaching with a patron the other day, too. And I, I was thinking through how much, as you're saying this, how much we talked through what are all of our options right now. And that's not something that I frequently do, uh, especially if I'm just so sure that this one thing is the thing to do. Um and it's actually true on battlegrounds too. I can have eighty seconds sometimes to make a turn, and I'm done in five. You know, so I'm I'm pretty guilty of that too. In fact, I I, I recall had that we had a UHL match a second ago that was over in about ten minutes, and it was a three round. <laughs> okay, to be fair, a three corridor round creeper was legal in a five five, and we were <laughs> we were true. playing I think twelve total in that match. We each had three decks, and we each had two corridor creepers in each of them. So I'm gonna give that a pass. But yes, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it was very, very speedy, and I've always been that kind of player. And that's it's a it's a bad behavior, but it's not a bad mindset issue. Uh-huh. The mindset issue that I'm going to sure. um, totally expose for the podcast um, is yeah. when I lose three games in a row or so, and I'm tired. And as soon as the internal thought process says, "Well, if you just thought a little bit more about your turns, you'd win more. Why don't we just play another one and think about it?" Mm. As soon as I hear that, I'm like, mm. "Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Not okay. Not a good idea." <laughs> because the concept that you're playing without thinking—if you were already playing without thinking—that is already a bad decision. And if you've made that decision, you shouldn't trust yourself to make any more decisions. And if you were capable of of just turning on your brain, you would have done that. No, it is there right. is some larger issue clouding judgment, and you can't just dispel that by saying, no, I want my judgment to be better now. You can't just fix that. So the reality is what I should do when I hear that is close the client and walk away. Yeah, And there's not really a way to fix that by queuing back in. You can run a battleground if, in, if you're coming from bladder, but sometimes even just being in the client is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Because you can make, uh, you, uh, and for me, I can sometimes meander over to HS Replay and start looking at decks and, and checking stats and convince myself I'm doing the right thing when in, in actuality I'm just looking for revenge. And revenge Hearthstone is not good Hearthstone typically. So yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, it's it's really easy to just get locked into that. I have found, honestly, the, the best thing for me uh, for both my mindset and time management intentionality is picking up non-Hearthstone games. Uh, Slay the Spire, mm. really, really great for this. That Good stuff, it's still yeah. a card game. I can go into a different room and play on my Switch, and just like sit on the couch and put something on the TV and not watch it and play Slay the Spire and just chill. It's not competitive. It's not against anybody else. That mm. when I finish a game, if I'm like I'm done for right now, whether that means I won and I'm happy about it, but it took something out of me or I lost and I don't feel good about it, or I need to do something else, or I want to play something a little bit more mindless, having another option is really, really great. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, as I'm thinking about, like, I I, I feel like some of these things happen, though, uh, as a result of not being mindful as you're sitting down. Um, one of the things that we would talk about a lot on uh, in the good old days <laughs> over at Valence Chosen, we would talk about goal setting, 
and the importance of doing that. We've talked about that on this show, I think even with you and, and Steve, some of our conversations were around that. And one step like into goal setting for me is thinking about like what you're hoping to accomplish during a play session of this game. And it's so easy. I mean, especially for mobile, I, I, I play like 95% of my games now just on my phone. And it's, I, it's super easy for playing on a phone or iPad to just sit down and play the game without even thinking about it. You open the app, you wait a little bit, you're in the game in 10 seconds, typically. Um, Hat, what what do you think creates the best um, the best upside for you when you're considering or thinking through like like what are, what are the things when you're really in a good place that you're considering as you're as you're queuing up a game or opening up the app? Okay, I'm gonna throw you a curveball here because please the situation you just described is pretty close to my ideal situation. It's okay. so the worst Hearthstone days of my of my life of my Hearthstone career have been when I say it's Wednesday and I say I have a lot of time to play on Saturday, I will hit rank X then. And Mm, think about mm -hmm. when you have a busy week, you look at the calendar, you got a lot of kid stuff, you got a lot of work stuff, and you finally have your personal time set aside and you look at the time and say, that's when I'm going to win games. Do you Mm. always get to decide when you win games? No. (laughs) No. So what you're doing is you are preemptively scheduling time to be angry. You were saying, oh, on this time on Saturday, I'm going to be really mad around 3 o'clock. All right, that sounds good. I'll see you, I'll see you there. It's, you get to decide yeah. when to play. You don't get to decide when to win. So the mm-hmm. best thing to do, find a time and place. If you want to win, well, first of all, change your expectation. If you want to learn from your game, which is the most important thing to do, if you want to pay attention and fully be invested into a game, if you want to pay attention, get rid of distractions. If you have the TV mm-hmm. on, if someone else is talking to you, if you have a Twitch stream open on the other window or whatever, you can do that. Be aware you're not giving the game your full attention, and it's probably not going to be as it's not going to be your A game, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You're you don't have to play your A game all the time, right? It, you don't have. It's like yeah. when you go to work and come home. When you come home, you get to chill out. You don't have to be in work mode all the time. But be aware of that. You're making that choice. If you want to make that choice, you can make that choice. But on the other extreme. If you sit down and say, I'm going to super try hard because I make sure I'm going to win the most games possible and look at my stats and replay after every single game, you're not setting yourself up for success because even if you try all that much, what's your win rate going to be? 65%? That's a really high win rate, and that means you lose one out of three games. Mm-hmm. You can't control that. Yeah. So I think that co- competing interest is the big thing that's coming to mind for me, right? I, I think we always want to get everything out of the game that we can, and that... Like, it's reasonable that you want that, essentially. It's unreasonable for you to expect that every time that you sit down. Uh, because 50% of the games, like, well, 100% of the games, someone has to lose, right? Or maybe 98%. I don't know what the statistics right. are on tying. It's, I, I it's probably, probably 99.9%. <laughs> and also, yes, the person yes. you were playing against really wants you to lose. They are trying their best yes, to make you yes. lose. And that mm-hmm. someone gets what they want and someone doesn't in every single game that's getting played. So the only mm-hmm. way for that to ever feel good is for you to value what did I learn from this game? How did this game make me a better mm-hmm. player? And how much fun did I have as opposed to how many wins did I get? Because winning is a binary mm-hmm. number and a lifetime win rate is going to be somewhere in the 40 to 60% range most of the time. Uh, and that means you're going to lose between two to three of every five games you play, and that is that mm-hmm. is a good win rate. 
So the expectation has to be aligned. What did this game give me, not what did I need from this game? Mm. And I, I think you hit on I, that is the word, right? I think that probably a lot of unhealthy thought patterns that come from players in this game, myself included, is that we wrap too much of our identity into a rank number, into a win rate number, into even the feeling that we have based off of whether we have won a game or lost a game. And those things are are really scary from a mental health perspective when they're given too much time and too much attention. Um, because these are the same things that like um, that will burn out overachievers in their work. You know, you get people who are addicted to the high of making a sale, and that's all that matters to them is making the sale at any cost. Like they will even go to the ends of the earth and compromise their integrity in order to get what they want. And they may end up getting what they want, but they also get a lot that they did not ask for, um, but that accompanies obsession. And um, I don't know if you've looked into stats around video games and obsession, but us gamers, like I, I think at the at the heart of it, all of us gamers want to have fun. That's why we got into gaming in the first place. And yet it is really, really easy to fall into into places of obsession that are not just borderline unhealthy, but full on unhealthy. Um, and it comes from just not even taking the time to think about what am I expecting out of this game that's unreasonable? Yeah, well, and think about... From a very young age, in school, the initial motivation, if you do the good thing, you get an A or whatever the, the I don't know what it is for kids these days. I don't know if they get like a, they get a gold star, <laughs> they get a smiley a face, mark. they get candy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, the specific token isn't important. The MacGuffin of validation, whatever it is. We're trained from a very early age. You do good, you get thing. You do, you do bad, mm-hmm. you get nothing and you get punished. And that goes through all of school. Mm-hmm. And then in work, it translates about the same except with money, which you can use to like buy food for your family or buy Hearthstone packs or whatever. Um, And the more good you do, the more money you get. And it's very Mm -hmm. much we are trained from infancy that you do good and you get a thing and you do bad and you get no thing. And then we go into a game Mm -hmm. where at the end of the game you do good, you get a gold star and you do bad, we take one away. And that same kind (laughs) of validation is right there. We've been trained for life. It's a very impressive mm-hmm. addiction mechanic, but also mm-hmm. it will serve the same purpose that we're looking for anywhere else in life. If a job is unfulfilling, if uh, if we're if we're having difficulty in our relationship at any given moment, um, if we're low on sleep, if we haven't eaten in a while, I keep forgetting to eat. It's a really problem uh, for that's important for whatever reason, for whatever thing it is that's that's causing any kind of struggle. The game is often a proxy for this will fix it. And it, it can't. A game can't fix it. A game has to be something that you want to do, not something you need to do. Right. I mean, the same is true in relationships, whether they're romantic or platonic, that if we are trying to prove something through, um, through any kind of re- human relationship, it poisons it to the point that you cannot get what you want out of it. Like relationships are built out of self-sacrifice, out of true love for one another, right? And um, if you're trying to get validation from a relationship, it will turn the relationship into something that is is at best unhealthy, but at worst just evil, honestly. And so 
you have to think about your relationship with this game, even though it's it's a game, it's an inanimate object. But the amount of time you spend, if you're anything like me, and probably if you're listening to this podcast, you enjoy this game and you spend time in it, um, that could be equitable to some kind of friendship. And um, yeah, I just think it's it's super easy to fall into those pitfalls and not even think about it, essentially. Um, yeah. And then look back and wonder why you're so mad all the time. <laughs> yeah, and you look at you look at friendships, you look at relationships. As I've gotten older in life, I've realized the best friendships, the ones that are worth keeping around, are the ones that are there's bi-directional effort, right? You reach out yes, to a person, yes. they get back to you. Um, where you don't always have to talk to each other, but when you do, you pick up where you left off. When one person invites the other out, mm-hmm. you, you say yes, and then they don't flake on you or whatever. Um, your relationship with the game has to be the same. You have to put effort in, but yeah. you have to, and the game will make effort towards you. But if you just like, if the game is asking for a date and you give it pizza and beer and chill, like that's, that's <laughs> not a very romantic date now, is it? If you're, if you're intentional right. with the game, if you're right. focused on it and you treat it with respect, then it will treat you with respect. And if you don't, then that's what mm-hmm. you get. It's what you get right out of it. It's the same kind of relationship. Yeah. I think that one of the things, like if, if you're unearthing some of this and recognizing like, yeah, I do have a lot of these kinds of things where I just dive into this and, you know, things are maybe at an unhealthy spot or I, I just wish it was better. Uh, like find different ways to play the game essentially is is a big piece that I would tell you. And that's easier than ever now with Battlegrounds because it's something altogether different, but I know that's not everyone's jam. Uh, I, I think back to the episode I did with Dexter um, a while ago where we spent the whole episode talking about building decks because that's something that on my own I haven't ever really figured out or uh, felt competent in. But ever since that conversation with him, uh, whenever I get a wacky idea, I try it out. And I don't necessarily take it on ladder at, at rank three or something like that, but I'll, I'll throw it in casual. I'll send it to one of my wacky deck building friends and <laughs> see what they think. And, uh, and I'll just tinker around with it. And I had to, I have ended up having a ton of fun just exercising a completely different creative muscle that, um, if you're too obsessive with performance in, in Hearthstone, you never get the opportunity to really, uh, to really try out. And so that's one big, new way to try things out that I would um, that I would tell you. I know, Hat, you alluded to something earlier as far as playing other games, which I think is really important. I, for me, a lot of my gaming uh, time is spent in Hearthstone, and I, you know, when I was a kid and I played games like Banjo-Kazooie or Super Mario 64, like, there was a very different cadence to those games that were, that still pushed me as far as a gamer, but were enjoyable in a very different way, and I think that I, I've lost some of that. I've regained it thanks to your your dear friend Hollow Knight and, and others as well. Oh, but, um, speaking of a game that, I can't is, that holds high standards for you. <laughs> If you don't play that game intensely, you're going to die. Is that expansion out yet? Uh, no, it's it's a new or, game. It's a new game. And no, it's it, not. I thought so. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. It's been on my wish list for a long time, and I haven't heard anything, but I knew you would know. Yeah. It's, I'm waiting for they that They announced one. it uh, last year, and then they had an update in December. I'm hoping it's out this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's next. Um, but yeah, and, oh, man. and that's a very yeah. intentional thing as well. It's those really difficult platformers where uh, the, the genre of – some call it the rage game, the Dark Souls and such, where – if you don't execute mm. it perfectly, if you make a single mistake, it's really punishing. It feels awful. But if you say this game is stupid and you throw your controller and don't come back to it, it's very different than if you say, I can do better. 
and you go back and when you finally get it, oh, it's so amazing. Oh, it's so good. Right. And it's right. worth it. It's worth that energy. It's worth that investment. It's mm. worth saying I'm willing to be resolute now and disappointed for not having what I want because patience will get me to where I need to go and it's totally worth it. And, you know, I, I would push back just slightly for some users to say that other, like, I have tried Dark Souls and I just did not enjoy it. I think Bodicus was actually talking about that on Coin Concede recently. I was like, preach, brother. Um, if it's not that, it's something else, though, right? It might be a board game with friends. It might be, you know, a uh, a very story-driven game. I've actually, uh, my brother-in-law got me Disco Elysium. Are you familiar with that one? Yes, I am familiar. And it's like a really great book that you have to click through each sentence. Essential, yeah. And I used to love point and click adventures when I was younger too. So I'm I'm really looking forward to trying that one out. But it, it, it's something, right? Um, you probably have some kind of competitive itch that a I, like my mind went to Super Meat Boy. I don't know about you, but I beat that game and it killed Ooh, me. You beat I, it? That's not. I beat it, man. Accomplishment. Yeah. I don't think I beat. I think there was a hardcore mode, and I, I'm pretty sure I didn't even no, try. No, that one, but is that where you die? You have to start I, all over. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Not even. It's, it's, no, there are some no, no. accomplishments that like, it's, <laughs> I'm, I am okay with saying that's not me. And there have been a few of these games. My, my wife loves Dark Souls, is a huge fan of the genre. Okay, okay. I don't mm-hmm. because I don't want to play games that don't respect my time. Uh, and sure, like sure. <laughs> Sekiro Shadows Dwi- Die Twice, beautiful, gorgeous game. I really tried to play it. I really tried to get into it. And there was one sequence where to get to the boss, you have to slowly kill about seven different enemies one at a time, and you can't kill them all at once. And then you have to fight a boss that you've never fought before, and he kills you in two hits. And when oh you die, gosh. you have to—it's ten more minutes. And after three or four oh. runbacks, I'm like, I can get this, I can do this, but I right. don't want to spend my time this way. And I made the decision. Yeah. It's I first I beat that boss, and then I quit playing. Because I wasn't going to quit before being, I was going to show him what was up. But first things first, right? But then after that, I'm like, it's, it's not a question of can I do this. It's is this something that I need to do or want to do, and yeah. that's a big question. If you need to rank up in Hearthstone to feel good, then you shouldn't be playing Hearthstone right now. If you want to play and then you win more and you learn something along the way, hell yeah, play it. Get in there. Yeah. Yep. But I didn't need to play Sekiro. I wanted to, and then I decided, you know what, I don't want to anymore. And then I, I, I was driving the bus, and whenever I'm the passenger, I have to get off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think taking the ownership and the proactivity to say that you get to decide how you spend your time is so important. And, you know, for, for some of you, you may be hearing this conversation and thinking, I really need to spend my time differently. That's a good thought to have and to sit down and, and even, you know, take the time to write out your time or think through, man, I probably spend this much amount of time in Hearthstone and I need to, I need to look into that and I need to shake things up. I need to play some different games. I need to invest in relationships. I need to invest in my work, you know, whatever that might be. Um, but I, I think it's just so healthy to slow down, consider yourself. I think, uh, I think it may have been Plato or some other, uh, ancient philosopher who said, know thyself. And it, like, if you really take that as a mantle to, to understand that no one is more responsible for your life than you are, 
We all have things that happen to us. We all have people who wound and hurt us, but we are usually the biggest purveyors of our hurt. And we choose whether we want to take a path of healing or whether we want to take a path of bitterness. And I can tell you where those paths land because I've gone down both of them at different times. And so when it comes to considering your relationship with the game, you can burn yourself out. I can tell you where that path is. I've seen people go down it. Or you can consider the healthy things and the unhealthy things and readdress and realign things to a way that says, you know what, I want to treat this game rightful in the rightful place that it deserves to be, um, which isn't on the throne of your life, likely, unless you're the game director for Hearthstone. It may, it may deserve a spot in, in that. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, and we've <laughs> um, built a lot of the social aspects of our life around the game, but you can be around the game yeah, and not yeah. playing the game. And, and when mm-hmm. I said that earlier, it's not a bad thing. You're allowed to do things around the game, even encouraged if you want to. But that's the thing. Yeah. If you want to, the some of the the reason that this has been my favorite year playing Hearthstone, Year of the Dragon has been my favorite year playing Hearthstone, because for half of Year of the Raven, I didn't play much. And in fact, for most of Rastakhan's mm. Rumble, I... I Got rank, I got rank five and my card back, and I stopped completely. And mm. if you don't regularly give yourself a chance to explore the world of gaming and give yourself a break from Hearthstone, if you play every day because it's what you do, it's like reading the newspaper. Don't let Hearthstone mm. become your newspaper. That's good. If you're afraid to try Legends of Runeterra because you might like it, go ahead and try it. It's okay if you like another yeah. game. It's fine. <laughs> Unlike relationships, you're not cheating on Hearthstone if you play something different. No. These aren't exclusive relationships you need to have with video games, no. okay? <laughs> Hearthstone is dallying with 100 million other people. Yes, that's very true. So so you're free to do the same. Well, Hat, this this has been really good. It's honestly been helpful for me to even slow down and kind of process this because I've been thinking through it a lot lately. Uh, not that not that you and I ever stop really thinking about this stuff, but uh, but it's another layer to to sit behind the mic and and, and talk. Is there anything else you want to hit, or any, any other big points that are burning on your mind? So I'm going to quote my friends over at the Squelch Podcast because uh, they say this to start their show every single week. Hearthstone is a game, and games are meant to be fun. Hmm. Well said, Squelch. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you bringing them up. <laughs> Well, as we, as we transition over to our community section, I'll actually say that I would really love to hear uh, what your thoughts are. You know, Hat and I have had a great chance to talk about this stuff in the past, and uh, this has been great for the present, but I, I'd love to hear what you're processing, how this is hitting you. Um, we, we could have this conversation from a lot of different vantage points, so uh, whatever you agree with, disagree with, uh, would want to refine, please let me know. Uh, reach out to me at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Andrew's Living. You can find him on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. Tag us, let us know. Uh, let's keep the conversation going, because this is certainly uh, one that's worth pursuing, um, because you're worth pursuing, honestly. And uh, one of the big parts of our community is talking about reviews. And good lord, hat! I got a we got a review on this show this week, and it's a chunker. But this person spent some good time writing it, so I want to do them the due diligence of of reading this out. Now. Wait a minute, do you have um, do you have it? Can you paste in the show notes and I can do a dramatic reading? Um, actually, I would love that. Paste it. Do it. I want to do a dramatic reading. This is. The review is titled Hearthstone Sunday School, five stars by G-Star-esque. Within the first 90 seconds of broadcast, the happy Hearthstone by tradition ritually recites an invocation that includes a soothing yet somehow formally solemn reminder that you are listening to the longest-running Hearthstone podcast, the longest-running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time. 
and carts. The tone and cadence of this ritual welcome may be uncannily familiar to those of you exposed, or perhaps subjected, to formalized liturgical proceedings. While the production is by no means overtly tied to any specific spiritual tradition, the tremendously well-researched and timely content is delivered lovingly, coated in a gloss of wholesomeness and unaffected positivity, which many may find ever so slightly bemusing and wholly unlike anything else available in this particular space. Nevertheless, underneath the show's aching sincerity lies some of the best content available to any curious Hearthstone fan. Topics are always carefully prepared and relevant to players to all skill levels and mindsets. The technical analysis is well-reasoned, applicable, and quickly employable on the latter. And the bits concerned with the mental aspects of Hearthstone are addressed with sensitivity, candor, and plenty of self-reflection. And I expect many listeners may find something they hear useful outside of competitive gaming. There are many otherwise entertaining podcasts in Hearthstone that do little to positively impact their listeners' performance. Some setups do exactly this and succeed to a greater or lesser degree, but the happy Hearthstone will not only measurably contribute to your in-client success, it may, despite a listener's hard-earned background cynicism, actually leave you an ever-so-slightly better person for having listened. If every word of that is true, I I can go to bed just perfectly fine with the work I've done on this show, essentially. (laughs) G-Star, sincerely, that is the most humbling... Uh, review I feel like I've ever gotten. So I sincerely appreciate the time that you took, um, the heart that you expressed, the vocabulary that you used, and uh, feel like you put into words well what I've always sought to do with this show. So I so appreciate your feedback. I so appreciate you leaving that. Um, the big part about these reviews that help the show is that when people are looking for Hearthstone podcasts to listen to, this is a lot of times uh, one of the first lines of defense that they'll check out. So um, so I'm really thankful that you left that, and uh, sincerely, means a lot. All right, so it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, and Hat... Um, I, I don't want to oversell you on this, but there are some people that come on the show and, you know, I, I may not know them well and we have a great time. And uh, But there are other people who come on the show that I do know. And uh, I know that they have a bit of wit around them and that they could do something like a card of the week pretty dang well. So I, I'm very eager to hear what you've got here, my friend. And I'll turn over the floor to you. Okay. So card is Scion of Ruin, which for those that don't know, Four mana, three two. I think it's an. I think it's a rare. It's a rare and epic. It's an epic. An epic. The four epic. mana three two warrior epic. It's a dragon. It says battle cry. If you've invoked Galakron twice, summon two copies of this and rush. So three three twos with rush for four mana. It used to be three mana. They nerfed it. Thank goodness because it was gross at three mana <laughs> when you would. I can't. I can't believe when that. you would Galakron for it, and then you would get it at. And it was a three mana for three seven sixes with rush. And now at four mana, it is simply one and a half restless mummies, which by the way is a stupidly powerful card that is not anywhere near good enough to see play in standard right now, which tells you a lot about the format. Um, it's, I've had so much fun with it and I've enjoyed it in the beginning of the format when people weren't building good decks yet and we were just playing Scion and Barista and getting back three more Scions and it was really fun. Um, and then in the latest Galakron Warrior after the whole, Battle Rage conversation that went on Twitter that I won't bore anybody here with. Um, I'm still really enjoying playing it. And uh, I know we have to write a song. We have to do a song. Something musical. So I have one thing to make up for something I don't have. What I don't have is any musical ability. I am tone deaf. I am a tone deaf person. (laughs) 
But what I do have is audio editing. And so... Oh, boy. I I prepared 30-second clip that, uh, again, I'm tone deaf. Might be a little cringy, but it's to the tune of Fly Like an Eagle by the Steve Miller Band. Mm, Are you ready? I'm so ready. Let's do this. Zion of Ruin, Ruin, Ruin. Hits your stuff three times. I want to invoke my galley to the face. Invoke my galley. Scion helps me win the race. Want to invoke my galley to the face. There is too much Russian standard. I think I can speak on behalf of everyone that that was great, and we appreciate you doing something that good, man. <laughs> Thank you again. I'm not I'm not a normally a karaoke kind of person, but for the Happy Hearthstone, make the exception. Hey, that that's where that's where I and everyone feels honored, truly. So, um, why well, you you said as much of it there in the song, even that it's uh, tell tell me about this last lyric here that there's too much Russian standard. Do you really believe that now? I, so I don't know if there's too much right now, but there's a lot. And I don't know. Have you played against Quest Hunter? Oh, yeah. I, I actually played Quest Hunter for like the first half of the month almost exclusively. You ever try and stick a board against a Quest Hunter and they're like, nope, all your stuff is going to die <laughs> and there's nothing to my side of the board. There there was uh, – yep. I played it in THL this week and there were multiple games where I had turn two licensed adventure – Turn three, uh, Desert Spear, and then turn four, mm-hmm. Attack Coin, uh, Faces Corruptor, and I just I just had four fours with Rush on turn four, and it's it's just what can you do against that? What can you do? Does anything yeah. you play in the first four or five turns is going to die, and there's nothing you can do about it? So I don't know mm-hmm. if there's too much now. It's when Doctor Boom was good, it felt like everything had Rush, and that was a little bit too much. Uh, but there's still. Mm-hmm. They need to make sure they keep an eye on that because too much rush makes investing into the board bad, and that makes the game uh, very different. Yeah, especially when rush cards are too powerful. I mean, you mentioned Restless Mummy, and in Sign of Ruin at, three, at four mana, it's fair because it does demand something from you, but right now invoking is fairly easy to come across, especially when you've got a card that tutors out rush minions uh, in the same deck as well. So... Um, uh, rush cards like uh, Devoted Maniac, obviously. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they develop that mechanic. I mean, we talked about Charge kind of needing to take a back seat. And I don't, I don't, I don't know, Rush is so healthy as far as a game mechanic in general. But I wonder if we've reached a max capacity where it starts almost being counterintuitive, that there's too much uh, that you're able to respond to. Um, also, Zilliax rotating out will be really oh, I'm interesting. So I'm so ready. I'm so ready. It's uh, I've, we've had a little bit too much unity, precision, and perfection for the past uh, for the past yes. year. So I'm really ready for that. Um, yeah, like I think we're on the verge of it right now. Uh, remember when we saw Devoted Maniac? They reveal it, BlizzCon. We're like, that card can't be good, and then it was right, really, right. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, th- things have changed, but I, I think it's partially the rush. And, I mean, invoking has been really good for everyone except the unfortunate uh, Anduins of the world, you know. I will point out the Priest uh, Galakrond is the third best Galakrond right now. 
in contention for the second. Really? It's the Galakrond Questless Priest deck is very, very, very good. Galakrond Rogue. Oh, yeah, is, I've, I've played lots of games. So Galakrond's in that deck, and you just use it for the button, and it's it's actually relevant. Uh, it's that is probably tied with Warrior. Warlock is on the decline, and uh, Shaman is nowhere mm-hmm. to be found. Rogue is obviously the best. Oh, that's as true. you know. Yeah, it's it's funny because I've played two Quest Galakrond Shamans this month, and they were both. The first game that I was playing, the Galakron Priest that you mentioned, and that is actually a very difficult matchup because uh, the Quest Shamans of the world have a pretty good late game, typically speaking. So, yeah, interesting. But yeah, we'll see how Rush continues to develop. Sign of Ruin is definitely always going to be a uh, a pinnacle of the Galakron Warrior for as long as it's around. I don't know that we'll see any uh, any additions made to that deck. So I'm actually kind of wondering, do they need to rotate Galakrond out? It'll be weird to have a year with no extra cards that like invoke or anything like that. It's I'm really curious about what they do about Galakrond in a new format. But remember that we're coming off of a year that was purposely powered down, except for Gen and Baku, and then they took out Gen and Baku. So this rotation right. isn't going to be quite as impactful. We'll lose actually some relevant hunter cards, Springpaw in particular. Um, mm, but yeah. we will theoretically gain a year of sets that matter, and we're losing a year mm-hmm. of sets that don't really matter all that much. Outside of Zilliax and Snipsnap, very few cards from Year of the Raven are consistently played. Uh, so yeah. I would not be surprised at all if if the next set is relevant and has cards of an equal power level to Saviors or DoD. We could very well see a, a format where Galakron isn't the right thing to do, or they could proactively nerf them. They could make them eight or nine mana if they wanted to, and that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. And I'm sure if that's all that's getting played, they probably will do something to change them. So it be interesting to see how it goes. Well, hey, as we close out the show, I just want to thank you, as always, for tuning in. It sincerely means a lot that you come back to hang out, and uh, just that you're a part of this community. The truth is that the Happy Hearthstones always existed to be an accessible and fun place to connect with other people and uh, share ideas, share decks, uh, share stories. And so I appreciate you tuning in for that very thing. And if you enjoyed what you uh, what you heard today, I hope that you'll come back, especially if you're a newer listener, if you just found this. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, the freest, best way that you can do that is by leaving a review, just like G-Star-esque did. Uh, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on that app, you can just uh, go over in a few clicks, even while you're listening, if you're not driving. Don't do it while you're driving. But <laughs> if you're just hanging out, you can uh, go over and let other people know what you think about the show. And um, don't be in, don't be too intimidated either by G Star's review. That was sincerely above and beyond. <laughs> you could say certainly in lesser words, and uh, that would really mean a lot. And I'd love to uh, read some more on the next episode. And then if you'd like to see the show grow and you'd like to get some great rewards in return, you can go over to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone uh, to join the family that's making the show possible and supporting it financially and getting some great perks in return. Uh, and I have to give a huge thank you, as always, to the producers of the Happy Hearthstone, Minoc, Jay Miller, Number Theory, and Xavier E. I didn't mention before, but you all will be getting your uh, your coachings, of course. Love getting to do the coachings. In fact, just did one with Number Theory the other day. Great dude. In fact, he said he had a coaching with you coming up too, Hat. So uh, we had uh, all sorts of coaching going on this week, I guess. Yes, I have one with him tomorrow, and we're going to practice going face. Oh, there it is. 
Uh, going face is the place. So thank you for first supporting the show at the level that you do. And uh, just a brief reminder also, especially if you skipped it over for some reason, that the month of March will look different uh, for the Happy Hearthstone. I'll be looking forward to bringing one last episode for the month next week, and then I'll be taking a small sabbatical, except for I'll be working uh, extremely hard on that 200th episode coming up as well. I'm excited to get you more details about that. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can always do so on Twitter at Andrew is Living or follow me on Twitch at Andrew is Living. I actually had Connor Koo sh- shout me out when I uh, bragged about six, uh, 6K on Battlegrounds, and I uh, promised him that I'd uh, do some kind of Battlegrounds uh, Twitch stream in the future. Not sure when that's going to happen, but maybe I can find with a little extra time in March. I can uh, figure out a day or a night to do that. So you can follow me on there and uh, email me at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com if you'd like to come be a guest on the show in the future. If you have any questions that you'd like me to talk about for future episodes or any ideas for the show, always eager to hear from you, any feedback, and especially with today's topic, would love to hear that as well. Uh, Hat, I'd be surprised if too many people who listen to the show aren't familiar with you at all, but maybe some people uh, would really like to hear more about THL, the Coin Concede Listener League, or Not this league. show called Not Coin league. Concede. But if- uh, the series, excuse me. I want to go to Blizzard wow. Jail. Cardinal sin. No, that's on me, not on you. So, uh, but all of those very legal things. <laughs> Tell us how we can connect with you in the future. So, the best way to get in touch with me is either on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat or in any Hearthstone Discord, but especially the Happy Hearthstone Discord or the Coin Concede Discord at discord.coinconcede.com. <laughs> I'm very active on there. Uh, you can also find me on the show that I run with Bodicus and Appa and myriad guests in the community. Edelweiss also uh, comes on sometimes. She's a member of our cast as well as Nicolias, who's over on Doctor 3. Uh, you can find us at CoinConcede on Twitter or, uh, again, in discord.coinconcede.com. Uh, if you want to check out THL, it's THL underscore HS on, uh, on Twitter or go to teamhearthlegends.com. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you want to talk about Hearthstone, just go to any Discord and type at ridiculous and if my name doesn't come up you probably spelled it wrong there's no e in ridiculous um and sure. and and we'll talk it'll be fun that's a good one to talk to about about life or about ladder either way thank you friend right back at you well of course well man i i so appreciate you coming on seriously it's fun to talk with you about this topic it's fun to hang out with you in general uh we got to spend some really good time at blizzcon too this past year so i uh, i still look back on that with with really good fondness um and yeah just thankful for some time to uh to discuss all these things i feel like i'm gonna be a better player going from here i'm gonna be thinking a lot more intentionally about how i'm spending my time when i play the game and other stuff so thanks so much for being on here man it really means a lot Hey, thanks so much for having me. We got to do this more than every hundred episodes. Um, yes, we will. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, looking forward to what you got planned for episode two hundred. And thanks again for having me on. It's a, it's an honor and a privilege. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man, and thank you for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>